Good morning. Wow, it's going to be a good day today. You know, it, it just may be coincidental, but the first service looked so full. Could they have been trying to come to this service and they didn't move their clock? <laughs> we should do this every week. <laughs> so, wow. Well, in your bulletins, you might have noticed, and I'm, hear me and hear me well here, or hear me correctly. You see what our uh, subject is for the entire month? Thankfulness. How many are thankful that by Tuesday night you get your TV back? <laughs> it is... <clears throat> It's almost over and all the ads will be gone. And so here's what I would like um, to point out. And I pointed this out, I point this out every four years when we have an election. <clears throat> what is key in, unfortunately, whoever these media people are, they make it about the person's character. And we have two incredibly flawed characters, Okay. And they keep harping on that. <clears throat> so the position that, that I've taken in the past, and I, I double down even now, is that we, we gave you the, the, their platform, what they say they want to do. I know there's an argument that people say, well, I don't believe they're going to do what they say they're going to do. If that's true, shame on them. If, and, and I have something in print that says they were going to do this, and if they don't do it, shame on them. But that's what I have to go on. I cannot go on that they're a flawed personality. And you can't, how do you, how do you weigh, well, they stink at this and they stink at this. Which one stinks more? Sniff. I'm tired of sniffing. Okay? They both stink. And you're saying, hey, smell how bad this smells. No! <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's the worst smell. You think that's the worst smell? Smell this one. Oh! It's like... <laughs> That's how I want to elect a president. Um, all we have is their platform. And you may go third party. You may vote for who comes in third place every four years. And who is that? The writing candidate that comes in third place every year. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. You're very correct. Mickey is not a real person. Even if he wins... He's not going to be president. Who's going to be president is one of those two that you see on a piece of paper. And their platform is there. Here is where I stand. And let's leave it here. If they don't, if I see someone who lines up with what my platform is, what I would like to see in this country for my family, myself, that's who I vote for, even if I have to hold my nose. Because apathy is the enemy of the church. Apathy is, I don't care. Oh, I, I, my vote doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. You mean something. You know, Jesus Christ died because he wanted you to mean something. And the Bible tells us to be, live fervently. If I'm wrong in who I vote for, they're either lying about it or I vote for the long, you know, the platform that I didn't realize it was going to be this, this or that. God can forgive me. I'm a flawed individual. And, and that's, 
the, the, that's where we're at. That's, that's why we can do this. this. This thing of apathy has come across the church. They're going, oh, and the microphone. Um, <laughs> this, the Bible says to be fervent. You can be fervently wrong because you can ask for forgiveness. You can change. You're not cast always this way. You can make an adjustment as, you know, history will reveal. But to stay home and not vote, thinking that you're making a statement, let me tell you, voting machines do not take statements. They do not judge how much you dislike somebody. Voting machines only register one thing, votes. And so you want to be effective. You want to say, I do matter. Jesus changing my life makes me matter. My voice means something, and so will your vote, even if it's the wrong vote. It's going to mean something, but a no vote means nothing. And that's not who we are. And I don't believe that's honoring what God has called us to be. So it's said by the time we get back together, it will be over How many are thankful people for that alone? So we're thankful people. Go home. We're thankful. Go home. We've hit our target. Wow. Well, this whole thankful thing, it's quite amazing. Um, It reminds me of something. uh, It has a name now. There's a study for something that I learned when I was 14. You can go to college and it's... it's, uh, as a degree that you can get, but it's called positive reinforcement or positive psychology. And I learned this at 14. When I was 14, there was, we had neighbors that lived right, uh, real close, you know, I mean, just directly beside us. And every Friday night, they would go out to dinner with my parents, and they'd go to Johnny's Pizza and have pizza. And I would watch their four-year-old little boy, three or four-year-old little boy. Well, he wasn't allowed to watch TV, and their TV was in the bedroom anyway. So <clears throat> every Friday night, I was the babysitter in charge of another life. I was so responsible. And so we had to make up games and adventures. So I would pull the big couch this way in front of the couch that went that way. And you'd, you'd get on that couch. And that couch, it may look like a couch to you know, an adult, but to that little boy... That was a World War II battleship. Broadside another World War II battleship. And I'd always be the, I would always be Japan and he'd be America. And we'd get pillows. And you, you get, you're on the couch and you stick up and you look. And we would bomb the other one with pillows. I don't know what happened. Bad timing, bad karma, I don't know. But my biggest bomb that I had, the biggest shell that I was going to send over, I had this big thing. <laughs> and he, I didn't see him. So I grab it and I send it over right as he stands up and catches it in the chest. <laughs> Off the couch he goes. He disappears. I go running over there. I take the pillow off him. It's bigger than he is. And he's just... <laughs> and there's that second... That second in time where I go, 
That was incredible. I have never seen such bravery. Oh my goodness. You deserve to be the captain of this ship. And you're not to tell your mother. <laughs> and you're not to cry. You don't have to. It only feels bad right now. It's not as bad as it feels. You're the captain. Captains don't cry. Positive reinforcement. I have taken that, what I learned at 14, and I've taken that technique all the way through raising my children and my grandchildren. The technique has not changed much at all. When they do the backflip, I think it was Coley the other day that did a backflip and going, that was amazing, you're going to be a gymnast, this doesn't hurt. And you're not going to tell mommy. See, it doesn't change at all. <laughs> you know, whenever they go, hey, grandpa, we entrust you with our children. That usually means no blood and no tears is, is the goal, is the goal. So we have this, this technique that, and guess what? How many of you use that same technique, that positive reinforcement? <laughs> Did someone say no? Okay. All right. Here's what happens. You can say no. They flip off the, they flip off the chair. The opposite of that is you're going to die. <laughs> I think that looks like cancer. You, know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you don't do the negative. <laughs> you got to do the positive. You know, oh, well, I know you're teasing. <laughs> you know, but even, even if you watch, you watch it, it's like, uh, do you have this disease? Well, we've just come out with, you know, you know, Prematerm. You know, it goes, then it'll do this and do this and do this. But in some cases, it's caused a death. <laughs> like, I'm not taking that. I said, the other way, you know, you don't itch for seven years or die. You know, it's like, it's like we can't even get positive reinforcement. Does anyone, you know, I'm a little positive enforcement. I'm going to watch the news tonight. Where do you go for positive reinforcement? Where do you go to say, you're going to make it? Hey, we're going to make it. We're going to be resilient. I interned at CBS, and I got a job at a local TV station, and that TV station was in Orlando. We're talking 1973. That's right. Um, first year of school, first year of college. And there was an anchorman. His name was Ben Acri, and he was a personal friend of my mother and father because uh, my mother worked also at this, uh, the radio station, and they knew each other. And this man, <clears throat> this is how it used to be, guys. At the end of a newscast, and they would just report the news. It wasn't like we saw Miss McCubbin make fun of the rain. I don't know how many of you saw this, one of our uh, members here did a Facebook where she dressed up in a raincoat during the hurricanes and she goes outside and she goes, it's storming here. The hurricane is blowing right down the street and, and everyone has gotten off the street and you see her little boy on his, his little trike pushing <laughs> down the street. And he's going, see, there's a real storm coming. See my hair blowing? Yes, we're hunkered down. And, and people now go out and look for the worst thing that they can report on. Now, I know that it didn't knock over your furniture you know, your plastic chair out there. But over here, we're dying. So, 
Where do you go? Ben Akrieg, at the end of it, if somebody was in a car crash, he would just say, says, and your prayers for the family would be appreciated. So it would be, it'd be very powerful if you could pray for them. You don't, just that little bit turned that news from being negative to there's hope for them. But you don't have that now. None of us have that now. Not even the drug commercials. There's no hope. You're like, yeah, I can make you better. I'm going to kill you. You know, it's like, whoa. So the title that we have here is the thankfulness advantage. There's an advantage in thankfulness. The thing that I love about uh, science, science and academia, they, they spend thousands of dollars you know, to find this truth out about thankfulness where if they had just opened their Bible, there are hundreds of times where it says God's people are a thankful people. You know, the scripture says, and just not thankful people, but it says give thanks with a grateful heart. How do I get that? How do I get there? What we're going to see is once you take on uh, this attitude of gratitude, this attitude of thankfulness, that you are pu pushing out something positive in you. It doesn't mean that you don't know there's negative things, but you push out something positive. But we watch the news and you see negative, 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 and, and this problem is that problem. And Well, God's word says it like this. It goes, this is from the message, so it may not sound exactly like you've heard it in the past. And Luke 11, because your eye is a lamp lighting up your whole body. Saying that whatever comes in here, that's what lights up my heart. If you live wide-eyed in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live with a squinted eye and greed and, and distrust, your body is a dank cellar, a damp cellar. Keep your eyes open. Your lamp burning. Open it up to belief is what it's telling us. Open it up to possibility. So don't get musty and murky. Keep your life as well lit as your best lit room. So here's the deal. If we can change our lens, how we see things, if we can change how we interpret something, we can change everything in our life. You're going to, I'm going to call you Captain John. Your breath will come back to you any minute. Change your lens and you change your life. You change the outcome of your life. But if you're squinty and untrusting and always going, we've got a motive. It's a darkness lives in here. And people pick that up. I've had to unfriend people because no matter what I put on Facebook, you know, if it was a Martin Luther King statement, they'd put on there, well, the FBI, they're like, I'm trying to encourage people, and you just walked in the room and made it stink. <laughs> you know, a hundred people follow you, over a thousand people follow me, I can't give you this platform. I'm trying to encourage people, and all I'm doing is I'm opening a door for you to stink up the room. That's wrong. 
I want my eye open. I'm, I have spent a lifetime of telling small children that have gotten hurt under my care, you're okay. <laughs> and nothing has changed to this day. <laughs> Guys, you're okay. <laughs> wow. And, and it's, the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us over and over and over hundreds of times to be thankful and grateful. Because it changes. It allows us to see God in this positive thing instead of fault finding. And let, let me say that this lens is thankfulness. Now we set goals. And we like to, we like to have everyone set goals. But you need to know that a goal does not mean you're going to be happy. See, a lot of people are going, well, I'm going to start running my life. I'm going to set a goal because if I set a goal, you're going to be successful. But guess what? People who are successful aren't always happy. You can be successful. Plus, there's a problem with that. I'm going to be happy when I'm successful is that, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to make good grades. So you make good grades. I made good grades. What are you going to do next semester? You move the goalpost. I, now I've got to make better grades. And then, like, how about, here's a goal. I want a bigger house. You get a bigger house. Well, you reach your goal. What's your next goal? Bigger house. <laughs> so it's like, it, it never ends. But the deal is that we're going to find out through study that a thankful, grateful spirit changes who we are. Without reaching our goal, we can be happy. Wouldn't that be good? So you see what a ripoff it is when people say, hey, I gotta be successful to be happy. No, but it says that if you're happy, you're more than likely going to be successful because something is released within you. Hope is releasing you. You can endure things. If you're a happy person, hey, could you work an extra hour? Sure. If you're of a different spirit, a negative spirit, can you work another hour? Ah, so you can make more money? And it's like, yeah, but you're gonna make it too. You know, let's do it for both of us, right? You know, it's like that, that, that inverse. Successful doesn't mean happy, but happy most of the time means successful. And we're going to see that. And the Bible is going to point it out to us quite, quite easily. Look at <clears throat> Psalms 19, and, and there's just there's a, a, an interesting dynamic here. It says, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night. Why are they watching? They're watching because somebody wants to come and kill you. Somebody wants to come, kill your family, burn your house down, and take your cattle off. Now, that's not negative. That's real. That's not an imagination. That's real. So how do you counter that reality that's so bad that I may meditate on your promises? You know what? I'm not just staying here keeping watch of things that are going to happen. You want to know something that's great is David. King David, and, and, and he wrote most of Psalms. And in Psalms, he was so real. He would talk about, you know, King Saul was trying to kill him. Absalom took his, you know, kingdom over. He slept with a general's wife. I mean, he was, he was a flawed personality that made Israel great. But he kept turning back to God, and here's how he do it. He would stay. If you, you just about open up any psalm, it starts out, and he says, my life stinks. 
No, everyone hates me. Nobody likes me. I'm going to go eat worms. Uh, that's basically how the, if the Psalms are usually, one Psalm would be chopped up into three sections where we just say how bad it is and that's reality. My, my pillow is a rock. Well, that's wonderful. Like, hey, just gathering my pillow there. Uh, and then he would state, but you, oh God. He would see how, he would see his position honestly, but then he'd be honest about God. And then the third part of it, he says, but you are my mighty fortress. You are the, you are the, the wing of a brooding hen that covers me in times of trouble. And so, Though there's a threat against my life, I grab on to being thankful of a God who knows my name, who a God who hasn't called me to, to apathy, but to be, a, to be different. Even if someone's trying to tear me down, says it doesn't, no matter how I feel, it makes a difference. Why would he give his only son to save me if I don't make a difference? I'm not going to walk in after thee. And I believe the spirit of the world wants us to do that. You see, one of the signs of the last days, it says that in the church, there's going to be great apathy. There are going to be people, lovers yourselves, greedy. I'm not going to go stand in line. I'm not going to go do this. I'm not going to do this act of kindness. That's a sign of the last days. And I refuse to be a part of that chapter. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay fervent in what God, I'm going to stay believing that God has done this in me at whatever level to make a difference in lives of others and my family. So, <clears throat> the advantage, I meditate on your promises. Where does that meditate come from? Where is it going through? The lens. If we can change our lens, we change everything about our life. Everything. We just got to change the lens. And does that lens always see the negative or the positive? And it's not that easy. It's not just, it's just like, hey, I'm going to become a more positive person. How? I'm going to stop being so negative. That's not becoming positive. You know what? If you decide to stop being negative, you know what you, you do? Instead of caring about what I don't have, I just don't care. That's apathy. You see, everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to become more positive because I'm not going to complain so much. That's just apathy. You don't care about anything. Go back to being negative. At least you cared about that. <laughs> like, like, apathy's worse. So it's like, it's the, you know, the health is not the absence of disease. You know, you may have no disease in you right now. You're not healthy. It's completely different. So you can say, I don't, I'm not very negative, but you have no positiveness in you. It's not the same. In fact, you know, Dr. Crystal, she has her little letters behind her name, and I have letters behind my name. That's Mark A. Evans, DDS, drug and disease free. Okay, and I, I'm, I'm happy to have that. So <laughs> There's a lot of people going, I wish I could say I'm drug and disease-free. But that doesn't mean you're happy. That happiness comes from a grateful heart, a spirit of thankfulness. So let's take a look. 
90% of your happiness is predictable, not by external world, but instead by the way your brain processes the world, that lens. 90%. It's not, if I just get this, if I just do that, if I have this over here. No, that's what makes you successful. But 90% of your happiness can be predicted by me listening to you. By you describing what you see in the world. I can tell you 90% of how your life is going to go. Unless you change that lens. And it goes further than that. 25% of job successes are predicted by IQ. So guess what? If... 25% of those who are successful in work can be predicted by your IQ. The 75% can be predicted by a grateful, thankful heart. Guess what? I want you to know I'm pretty glad I'm in that 75%. (laughs) You know what? And every one of you can join us. Even if you have the IQ... You can join our team. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't have to just be, I'm just so dang smart, I can't be thankful. No, no, you can be thankful. <laughs> I mean, no one likes you, but you can be thankful because you know everything, of course. <laughs> You're the know-it-all at work. But no, 75% of us make it because of a grateful, thankful spirit. Angry people, very f- you better be smart. Because only 25% of you are going to be successful by your IQ. Only 25, so you better be the top 25 in the right job. This is the thankful advantage. And the Bible's been telling us all along. And you know what? I got this study from three different um, private studies, secular studies is where I'm getting these numbers from. That weren't Christians, that didn't recognize, didn't know that all this stuff is in the Bible. It's been there for thousands of years. 75% of job success are predicted by optimism. Hope. Where have you heard about hope, joy, love? The Bible. It said 75% of job successes come from that. Social support. Who gets social support? The church. That's why we have small groups and different activities. We had trunk or treat. That's a social group. You bring your neighbors, you bring your friends. You go, and you know what? We're not a spooky people. It's a spooky night, but we're not a spooky people. Trunk or treat. That was a fun night that night. Um, <clears throat> your ability to see stress as a challenge instead of a threat. Man, you know what? If you got a thankful heart and someone gives you a challenge, you're grateful. Man, this is great. If you are on a negative slide, like they're just trying to show me up, blah, 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 you know, you're given a challenge, it, it's in the toilet. And then someone's going to do the little silver thing on the side. <laughs> Once you start down a negative path, it doesn't matter, in a marriage, in a church, at a job, and you're not grateful, I, I'm telling you, I, Surveys, biblically, 
it's not looking good. Because that lens is filling either yourself with light, hope, social gatherings, or darkness, murky, musty cellar full of darkness. Wow. Well, we always have that sense of the goalpost being moved on you. If that's true, as I already mentioned, you're thinking of success as happy. And there's another path. It starts before success. The, what, what precedes success is thankfulness. It can happen now. So let's take a look at the difference in happiness or thankfulness. Thankfulness, a thankful salesman and thankful doctors, they did a study. Uh, these were the most, they did a study of, of, of all professions, but these two stood out the most. A, th- a person, a, th- a salesman who was thankful, thankful for his job, thankful for his wife, thankful for life, her, their husband, 37% more sales than any other. 37%. Doctors, 19% faster and more accurate. You know that whole doctor thing? <clears throat> I'd like them to be 19% accurate. You know, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of leaning that way. He's like, hey, doc, you know, uh, what's your diagnosis? And he goes, you're going to die. I'm going, are you a happy person? <laughs> are you pretty negative? You know, I want a positive doctor. I do have a, I have a positive doctor. So, well, in this, for all for all of them, there's better, more secure jobs, superior productivity, more resilient, less burnout, greater sales. When you have a thankful, thankful heart, this thankful advantage. It is incredible when that lens changes. The way you look, the way you feel, everything in your life will change. And I'm telling you, it'll take 21 days. 21 days of changing just the way you see things. The, the, the light that comes in is is going to affect all these things in your life. And Thessalonians says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Be thankful in all circumstances for this. It says, be joyful in everything. My brother-in-law, who went to medical school, my brother-in-law who went to medical school, and I was uh, in high school, and I'd go down and visit him, um, from time to time, and he'd always be studying. He was a brilliant, brilliant man, but just he still studied. But his first year, he would tell me different things, all the organic chemistry and how tough it is and who's doing this and who's doing that. (laughs) There's this thing uh, that first-year medical students, called the medical syndrome, first-year medical students, all they do is study the different names and effects of diseases. And so the... (laughs) Medical syndrome is that first-year students, whenever they, study a, whenever they study about a certain dis- disease and effects, that week they would have it. 
They're going, oh, if you walk with a limp, you're a little bit dizzy anymore, and you know, you've got, you know, Mugamba disease. And you know, it's like, it was just <clears throat> crazy. And, uh, you know, he, he called me once and he said, hey, could you come down here? I'm struggling. He goes, I've, I've got some type of depression. And it's really, I'm really broken down because last week I had menopause. Um, so, <laughs> but that lens, that what we let come through our eyes affects all this, affects this. And when it says, be joyful always, how? Pray continually. You know what happens when you're praying? Is that you're opening your eye to hope to love. Be thankful in this, in all circumstances. Be thankful. In all, something's bad going on. We, took, we know how David did it. He, his head's on a rock. You know, he's done all this wrong, but he had a God that was so much bigger than his crap. And he'd latch on. And he'd take an, a position of gratitude. In all circumstances, he goes, now this is the deal. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to be in Christ? This is God's will. Because if you have the right lens, everything changes. So here's my small group suggestion. <clears throat> and you don't have to be in a small group to do this. This should be the discussion for 21 days. 21 days, here's how you create a path to positive change. List three gratitudes. List them. And if you're going to put it in your phone, okay, text them. Go to your calendar section in your phone. And just, the first day may be tough. But what are you thankful for? I mean, really thankful for. And it's got to be different from the day before. And you meditate it because when you're texting it in there, you're, that's called meditation. You're journaling. That's, you're going to write it down and you're going to journal. And you might even one day say, you know, uh, this makes me feel this way. But journal it. And do it for every day. And if you're in a small group, bring those back to your small group. What you're going to do is you're going to start not recognizing what you should be grateful for. You're going to have to open up Psalms and find out, David was grateful for that. Well, I'm grateful for that too. Journal it. You're going to discover things that you are grateful for that you didn't even know existed. You didn't even know it was an opportunity to be grateful. But it's got to be different from the day before. It's got to be real. It's a conscious decision that you make. 21 days. If you suffer from and I'm, I'm going to throw this in for free. If you suffer, we don't have to take up another offering. All right. If you suffer from depression, and a lot of people do, not a negative thing in your life goes past you. Why do I know this so well? I'm checking my time. When I was a small child, I slept very poorly. I was, had a huge imagination and such an imagination I opened myself to a spirit realm not knowing a spirit realm 
I would hear voices when I go to sleep at night. I used to have a little transistor radio that I would turn on, and some nights I'd have to have it louder than other nights because it had to be louder than the voices that were talking in my brain. I was tormented. I knew something was wrong because I got to an age where a voice in my head would ask me a question, and everyone does that, right? You've heard a voice, you know, you're good looking, or, or you know, or you're fat, you know, I mean, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> so you hear this voice talking. So this voice asked a question. And while I was sitting there thinking, what's the answer? Another voice answered. Uh-oh. And I realized this is something more than me that I was on another wavelength. That for some reason I was open to the spiritual realm. And... It wasn't, a, I could, I, I would find myself being drug off. And see, what I did is I, this is great for mu musicians because I used to write short stories. I used to write poetry. I used to love to write poetry. And it would open me up to trying to expand my brain to hear anything and get new ideas. But God had put something in me that when I did that, I was opening doors to other realms. So you just don't run to those other realms. You need to know how to shut the door if you go there. My position at the time was I got to stop writing poetry and I got to stop writing short stories because I needed to shut that door. I was, open, I was going to that, imagining these incredible imaginative things, but then when I'd leave, these things would follow me out. Once, once I came out of that, imagine, that, that, that imaginary dream world, these thoughts and powers would follow me, and I was tormented. And it was only through the power of being thankful. Being thankful and shutting these things out. Saying that those are not me. I like me. Why is this thing saying all these things about me? Why is it scaring me? This can't be the spirit of God. Peace comes with God. If that's you, this is your key to freedom. Not just shutting the door, but you have to have a thankful heart. You have to have thankful words. Now, I know some of you going, Mark, you're insane, you need help. I've said that for many years. That's not an issue. Here's the issue. I'm speaking to somebody who does understand what I'm talking about. You understand. You have to say no, and you have to recognize that's not you. That's not what God's plan is for you. You've not been given some super special, you know, spirit guide to take you through because it will rip your leg off one day. It's like, I call it riding the dragon. People like riding the dragon. You know, whew, man, that dragon can fly. That dragon can fly. Oh, this is such a good thing. And then one day the dragon reaches back, grabs your leg and rips it off. And you realize this thing I've been flying is not good. It's not good. You need to take hold of that. If that's you, if that's you, take hold of it. Be grateful. Shut the door. What's opened you to that spiritual realm? And a grateful heart in, 24, in 21 days of journaling it, that lens has changed. You've let the good stuff come in. 
and you're letting a light shine within you. That's God's promise. That's God's promise. Wow. Stand and let me speak this over you. I'm going to say this in an NIV translation. Father, as I speak over your people, Lord, you've told us that our eye is a lamp of our body. When our eyes are healthy, our whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, our body also is full of darkness. So, Lord, we're going to see to it that the light within us is not darkness. Therefore, our whole body is full of light and no part of it is darkness. It will just be full of light as if a lamp were shining inside of us. Lord, for those who were created sensitive to the spirit realm. Help them to shut doors. Help them to separate who they are, their voice from other voices. That torment in the middle of the night. Lord, may their pillow become soft again instead of a rock. May sleep be their reward for doing due diligence as they find gratitude in their heart. Father, freedom. Freedom. The advantage of thankfulness. Wow. Amen. And can I get a thank you? Thank you, Lord. Come on, give him a shout. Woo! Good day.